back at it. One Tasting Sundays. This is episode six. So today, came to see one of the big homies doing his thing out here in Houston. You know, he's going to talk to us about his life. He's doing a lot of interesting things, a lot of amazing things. Um, so I'm sitting here. I'm going to let him introduce himself. But before that, you're going to hear him, uh, my co-host. Hey, I'm Neely joining One Tasting Sunday. We are to interview the big homie here and we hope you enjoy. I mean, you're having a good time. You have a good time listening to our podcast. So, uh, so sir, can you introduce yourself? Who are you? Where are you from? And just a little bit for the listeners. Yeah. Um, first of all, thank you for the opportunity for bringing me here and uh, definitely uh, a good way to uh, encourage uh, the podcast, Wine Sunday, even though I don't drink wine, but you know, we're going to try to do something. Yeah, that's you know? we got you a. Uh, you got you a um, alcohol-free wine. Yeah, which is good. You went to the store yesterday. I didn't even realize they had uh, they sold those. You know the uh, the Chardonnay called Ariel. Um, I mean, it looked like something really good though. Yeah, but yeah, less than one half of one percent of alcohol by volume. I guess so, that's gonna be my new wine. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> even I'm not an alcohol guy. So, uh, yeah, Duarte Kelly, my name. Originally from Cameroon, born and raised, uh, represent, come, came to the United States 10 years ago. Uh, landed in Lana, from Lana, a few times in D.C. and came to Houston. Okay. From Houston, joined the military. Yes, um, I have questions about that. Uh, in 2010, in the military, spent time over there with a tour in Iraq. Came back from there, got out of the military in 2014, came back to Houston. Uh, started uh, the consulting firm focused on international business, exactly. mediation, political campaign, and I'm lobbying as, as well as uh, also <laughs> Too many heads. serve as the uh, president of the African International Chamber of Commerce in Houston, mm -hmm. serve on the mayor of Houston Advisory Board for International Affairs and International Trade, uh, okay, serve okay. on multiple... Uh, political campaign, Sylvester Turner, for, Sylvester Turner for mayor, Ramona Franklin for judge, Wendy Davis for governor, uh, and also as now being the, the, the founder of the Alpha Week, which is oh, nice. an yeah. event every, every year. We have to that talk way, about that too. Yeah. Uh, the African community used to an Alpha Week first edition last year with a African art exhibit at the City Hall in partnership with the city of Houston, the Taste of Africa Gala, and yes, uh, Africa. Uh, the game with my partner on that, the NBA player, Luke Bambute, and also I serve as Man. the spokesman and manager of uh, NBA player, uh, Luke Bambute. Like he said, too many hats. Yeah, you, you, wear, yeah, you, try. you, you wearing a lot of hats. You wearing a lot of hats, man. Yeah, I, I guess we have a lot of questions, you know. To Let's bring it, bring it on. Let's go. I mean, uh, if I can go first, I no, think no, go uh, in. the first thing I'd like to ask you is like, uh, why the military though? You know, coming from Cameroon, two, three, seven, I know we all represent the country, the continent over here, <laughs> but uh, like, why, why the military? So when I came here, first of all, when I got, I moved to the U.S., so I won the Green Card Lottery, the DV Lottery, which is a program by the United States when they pick people. And I got here, um, I mean, we got we gonna keep it real, yeah, know? for sure, because <laughs> that's the thing. So I got here, start working uh, at McDonald's and stuff, and I kind I kind of was struggling a little bit, and then I was trying to figure out what I would do with my life, what yes. I need to do, you know, my back career path. Yeah, back in Cameroon, I was already doing stuff in media, you know, I I was MC for a lot of events, I was working at the radio, uh, ATM back then, and. You know, do, doing my yeah, thing. So I, I came here, and I wanted to do the same thing. But, you know, once you come to the United States, there's a reality, and there's your dream. Mm -hmm. And you have to find a way how to make this happen. And also, my passion as, you know, being a business has been for years because my mom is a business businesswoman. Okay. And I started running her business when I was 15 years old. So when I got here, I trying to figure out what's going to be my next move, what's time to do, and... Um, so I received a 
when you come from there, they call it the, the selective service. When okay. you come, so oh, yeah, 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 yeah. selective service. For that, yeah. So they send me there. They send me the two dollar bill. I mean, as on the. So you were selected? Is that what you? Mean? No, no, no. The, the, the selective service. You, you're not obligated to join the military, but when yeah, you're you on the. Yeah. yeah, well, you just have to register when you're on the 25 because mm-hmm. in case I think 25 or 24, I think I was 22 when I got here, and uh, in case if the United States go to war, you have to go. You know, if they it's like call you, yeah, of course. they can call you. So, they call you, you. so they sent me there and they sent a two dollar bill, and I remember I was living. I was in DC. I was living. Uh, I had this uh, lady who gave me a spot for a few months. I was sleeping on her couch, and. Um, and so I told her, she, she, you know, I, I got this thing I would see for the military. She told me, oh, I think it's good. So I took time, made my little research, and then I was hesitant. I was, you know, trying to join, not join. I was talking to a few people, but people were saying, oh, you go over there, you go and die. So I went I said, you know what? And that, and that was, uh, not to interrupt you, that, that was around... 2000. Who was, who was president at the time? Is it Bush? No, yeah, Obama, Obama was just coming in. Oh, Obama, yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah, okay, yeah so yeah, right, I, right. I, I got here... <laughs> Uh, 2008, December 15. Okay, oh, okay. okay. And so Obama you, took over in January, yeah. Okay. So, so I look at it and I decide, I say, you know what? You know, people die everywhere. I just go and go over there and join the military. And, I mean, I was tell everybody that was the best decision that I made when I moved to the U.S. Because, you know... My plan was join the military. I knew they would join the military, signing. You know, everybody signs years, but you got to do four active four reserves. So I said, okay, if I take, I'm 22 years old, if I take a four-year deal, active, and then four years reserve. So by the time I come back, I'm still not going to be 30. And probably I will be well settled to actually get in business mm-hmm. what I am actually want to do. So I decided to say, you know what, i just going to join the military. And then, so that's another story, too, because... Like I, I always tell people, when I moved to the U.S. in 2008, all I had in my pocket was $160. And I was in Atlanta with somebody uh, that I, I paid to be at his, ho- at his house for a certain time. I mean, he gave me three months. You so said how much? $160. In your pocket? In my pocket. That's all I had. Wow. So I got there and uh, stayed at his house for about three months. Uh, I mean, the guy didn't really want to open the door for me. And actually, he, he tried to use my paper to get a credit on my name, which didn't work. But so I remember 160, we went the first day, we shopped for probably like 100 and something. So all I had left was like $10 in my oh, pocket. No, so you come, you move here. Yeah. You have somebody helping you. You say uncle? No, it was not uncle. It was somebody that somebody okay. introduced me okay. to. I sent him $500 before landing in the US. Okay. It was like, just for him to, back then when you want the green collado, you had, you need to have an affidavit. Yeah. So he signed me the affidavit. I sent two five hundred dollars to be at his house for yeah. a certain time. He gave me three months. So I got to his house, but he wasn't kind of opened the door. And we used to live in Douglas. On the very first day. Yeah, it was in Douglas. Douglas is far from downtown Atlanta. You have to drive to get there. Okay. So coming here, no bus, nothing. I didn't know nothing. I didn't. I didn't have nobody to actually help me to be on. I didn't know nobody in the U.S. So when I came, and uh, so uh, and he trying to use my name to get the credit, which I found out later. And this, so we actually separate. And when we separate, when I left his house, I didn't have no money. Mm-hmm. But I figured out a way to somebody who had me that night to get a room somewhere and then moved there, went to D.C. This lady gave me her spot. I slept on her couch for three months. And I found somebody who gave me a job. This Ghanaian guy gave me a job uh, at McDonald's. I work at McDonald's, but life is expensive in DC yeah. and all this, so I could I couldn't really afford it. So I okay. I walk over there. Uh I walk over there for some time, for three months. Actually, I was there, I was in Atlanta for three months. Mm-hmm. So when I went over there, I went to DC, I spent four months. And before I left Atlanta, somebody gave me, I think, a, a contact that I knew gave me $200. So I took a bus. Back then, the bus cut, it was like... 15, about? No, from Atlanta to DC, it's oh. two days. It's two days on the road. I think it was like 100 and something. So I took the True. bus, knocked the two days, got to DC. She gave me the spot. She was very welcome. You know, I spent four months sleeping on her couch. I was going first. When I first got there, I was going to... Uh, 
a place to wash cars. They was washing tie mm-hmm. over there. And they was paying me $5 an hour. So I was washing car over there every Saturday. And you have to come early uh, to do that. So I did that. And then uh, after that, you know, I told her that I don't think that this is for me. You know, I don't like the weather. It's expensive. And I had a friend in Louisiana. So I went to Louisiana to a friend house. Uh, mm-hmm. There you got Nilet, no, Joel. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I went man. to, uh, shout out to Joel, by the way. I went to... Uh, Louisiana, I got to Louisiana with him. It was just, it was a small town, just college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there was actually no really job. Yeah. And I went, I found this Moroccan guy that I was, you know, I was coming to his bar, I was working, changing tires, I will, but he wasn't paying me. So I told him, I said, look, I've been working here for three weeks, you know, give me something. He gave me 150. And I found a lady that I knew in Houston to put me in touch with somebody. She put me in touch with somebody over here in Houston. Uh, I got, you know, I got here. I took the bus, got here. When I got to Houston, I probably, at that time, I probably had, I like 20 something in my pocket because I, the 150 it gave me, I paid the bus to get here. It was like one, 100 and something. Yeah, so far, it looks like you just been paying yeah. buses. <laughs> hey, you, you gotta, gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> to get around, yeah. <laughs> to get wow. All right. I didn't, I wasn't driving, I didn't hear anything, even in the mm. language and all this, you know. I mean, when I left home, I told my parents, I said, look, you know what, I don't wanna, I want to build my own. I don't want the money from you guys. Just let me go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah, I'm gonna make it. Yeah, I'm gonna make it. Yeah, and I and I even could have called home and said, look, I have issues and it. But every time when I was talking about those, I was like, I know it's cool. I'm okay. I'm this, this, this. You know. But we're just trying to find my way. Yeah. And then, um, so I got to Houston. She put me in touch with this guy. I stayed at his house, uh, and I was looking for job. I remember. It was an apartment over there on uh, Richmond and Edison Drive. It's called Madison Park. Okay. So I was over there. I was looking for a job. Mm-hmm. So I walk every day. Well, like you wake up every day, just walk. I was walking from there all the way to uh, Unity Drive. It's not far from uh, Fondue and Wood. Mm-hmm. It's somewhere yeah. over there. I was going to every door. Like, do you guys have a job? Do you guys have a job? They were telling me this. So man, I got to this. Humbling, man. These are humbling stories. <laughs> you see somebody at the at the top, or somebody is doing a thing. You always you see it. You, yeah, you, you see it. You see you the tend end. Tend to forget. You know. You were yeah, 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 yeah. So um, got there and I found uh, it was called. It's, it's you know it's like a place where they made food for Papa Dose, mm-hmm. those restaurants. And I got there, opened the door. I met the manager. I told him that oh, I'm looking for a job. He told me, he said, oh, you looking for Jai? He said, when you ready to start? I said, man, yo, I'm ready to start right now. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you ready? I was like, yeah. And then it's like, okay, fill out this paperwork. I fill out the paperwork. And then, uh, so he said, yo, this is the job that I'm about to give it to you. Yeah. You gonna, your bag going to hurt. So, but we're going to give you something to put on your bag every time that you're walking. So I was like, okay, that's, that's the bet. Let's make it happen. Yeah, so... So I got there, he gave me the job. Yeah. And he said, your bag going to hurt. So he gave me something for my back. That every time I'm away, he hired like me right uh, on the spot. What is it called? The belt? The belt. Yeah, yeah. The back belt. Because what I used to do is, I used to take uh, uh, the, they have like, that's a place where they, they pre-cook yeah. for Papa Dose. Okay. So I was, there was pre-cooking, putting the stuff, and I was loading in like the truck. In the truck. Oh, okay. The driver okay. was come get it. Yeah. And I was doing that from, uh, 3 p.m. to uh, 11 p.m. Yeah. And so he gave me the job. I signed him, fill out everything. He hired me right there on the spot. He saw you were hungry. Yeah, he said, I said, hey, I'm ready to make it happen. So I did that. So now, you know, usually you work, you got to work three weeks, excuse me, for your first picture, you got to work three weeks to get paid two weeks. Yes, yeah, sir. So that's that was another story. Oh, yeah, I got yeah, that, oh, <laughs> right. so, can, can I get another one, please? So you pretty much and you you pretty much have to work yeah. free for three weeks. Exactly. Sort of. And I didn't have no more money in the pocket. I didn't have nothing at all in the pocket. Oh my god! But I got a job, so I go home. Oh my god! Every day. <laughs> and now you have to be there every on, day. On time. Yeah, every, and no I was money. on time. No money. So every day I was waking up in the morning, get ready. Uh, I leave the home like one p.m. And I walk all the way from uh, Richmond and uh, Edson Drive, which is right past Gessner, all the way over there by 
So, so I'm, I'm making, okay, yeah. yeah, by the time I get to work, I got time to, you know, rest yeah, and all rest, this. Yeah, I got there, start walking for the for the two weeks, leaving, finish at 11, walk back yeah. all the way to home until uh, I make it. So pretty, pretty much that was... walking for about like an hour, an hour and a half. Exactly. On a so, daily basis. I mean, just going one way. One way, yeah. So I, I had to do what I got to do. And then... Uh, when I finally got my first paycheck, now I was trying to join the army back then, but I didn't have the money to, you know, take the class and mm -hmm. stuff. So I went over there and I purchased a book. They call you ASVAB. You got to study the ASVAB. The, the test to join the military is ASVAB. So I purchased that book. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I purchased that book, I, you know, after I was leaving work, I was getting home like around, you know, midnight, 1 a.m. in the morning, study a little bit, wake up in the morning, study again, and then go back to work. So I finally did it. I went over there to the test for the army. You know, to join the army, you got to have, I think it was like 35 or something. And I had 61. I think it was 61 or 66. But I have the highest score. For wow, everyone. yeah. And I had a 112 GC score out of 115. I think it was 115 or 120. But everything, all my score was high. Yeah. High, very high. So that's how I got in the military. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I picked my job. They shipped me. I kind of got in the system. That's that's you, you started you I mean you were able to start the machine. And yeah, now it's got the military kind of put me in the system and helped me to get settled. You know, so that's why I said it's the best decision I made when I got here because even nowadays, you know, even I left the military, it still opened up for me somehow. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And even uh uh like I go to hospital for free and this this and this is another story that I always tell people when somebody just look uh at them, sometimes just look at where you at. I remember when I first got when I first got in business, uh, 2014 when I came back to Houston. I didn't know nobody. I was mm -hmm. trying to, you know, you, as an entrepreneur, you start this, you fail, you start that, this fail. So yeah. I got an invitation to go to the White House, mm -hmm. and I didn't have the money. I was expecting a paycheck, a check that I handled a little business. Yeah, but I had to be in DC on February the 14, 2014. The French, mm -hmm. the French president was coming, mm -hmm. François Hollande. So I was, and then I knew somebody. We just called me. I met somebody before. She just called me and said, oh, uh, are you interested to come to D.C. to this, the French business? I said, oh, sure. Put me in. Mm -hmm. So she said, okay, I try. And then I, the email came. And the email, the thing was Tuesday. And I didn't have money. I had to be in D.C. Mm -hmm. So I called a friend. I was like, yo, uh, man, I'm trying to go to D.C., man. Is there a way? I'm waiting for a check. But the check said they're supposed to come on Saturday. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure. This is between Saturday and Monday. Mm -hmm. So if I stay until Saturday, it's late. It's late. I might not make it. If the check don't come on Saturday mm -hmm. and just come on Monday, that means I can make it to GC. Mm -hmm. So the guy's like, ah. I mean, pretty much he, didn't, he told me he didn't give me nothing. I called another friend. I said, you know what? I had. I think I had $20 on me. I said, I said That's give me crazy. give me $100. I'll give you back next week. So he gave me the $100. I went now, I purchased a ticket to GC by Greyhound. It's two days. I, my man. I take, From Houston. Yeah, I took my I took my back, my bag. I put my suit in there, put my shoe. My sister lives in GC. So I was like, as long as I get in GC, I know yeah, I can. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I was expecting the, the the deposit to hit my bank account. Yeah. So I did that. I did that. I put my suit in back. I went to Walmart. I bought the bread. I bought Nutella, yeah. and I put everything in my bag. I purchased a ticket to go. This was like 103 or 104, two yeah. days. And I went to D.C. I spent two days on the road. During the two days on the bus, I was eating chocolate, bread, uh, uh, bread chocolate and bread, yeah. and drink a water that I had in my bag. That's why I ate for the entire two days. Until I got to D.C., and I got to DC on the 13th of February. Next day, the event was at the White House yeah. on the 14th. So my first meal, I got it after two days when I got to my sister's house. I ate and cooked. And then the next day, the 14th, Went I the was house. at the White House where I met all this, you know. And that's actually where everything took off for me because that's crazy. I was at, yeah, I was over there at the, I mean, it was a state dinner, you know. Yeah. You know, it was Francois Hollande, Obama, Michelle, John mm -hmm. Kerry. All the biggest name that you can imagine was there, and I, I was there. But you know the struggle that I had to be to there, get there because I had to. I, I but then like, you, after that, you say the rest is history because you exactly. get all your contacts, 
all day. All day, yeah. And it's something that you never can erase because it was a That's great platform. Crazy. And then, uh, and then even the guy that I met over there that day, which was actually very close to John Kerry, who actually, after that, made me uh, meet John Kerry. That's where that picture comes from. Yeah. That he actually arranged one-on-one for me to go meet with him instead. And then my, my direct deposit hit, uh, and I took... Was it was hit on what, on Monday? Yeah, I think it was a Monday or two. Yeah. So, and I took a flight <laughs> back, back to Houston. And I was like, okay, you know, very did. So, I, that's, that's amazing. That's an amazing story. So, so okay, so, Nana, so you, you talk a little bit about uh, the White House, politics, so not even politics, but like that world. Um, so, what what is a lobbyist? Like, what is, what is, like, did you grow up wanting to be a lobbyist? Did you, is this something you stumbled upon? Is it something you're good at? Is somebody uh, advised you to do it? Like, so actually, I became a lobbyist just by doing what I'm, I was doing, right? Okay. And uh, they say you have to know your strength mm-hmm. and you have to know what you're weak at, it, mm-hmm. you know? So, and then the people around me always advised me that my stronger asset was, you know, facilitating negotiation. I'm very good at negotiating, mm-hmm. facilitating, open the door for everybody, bring everybody in the room. That's yeah, something yeah. that I'm very good at it. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had a, a, a girl back in 2014, we really spent time with me. She always told me, you know, I think that's something you should focus on mm-hmm. because you're very good at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, I'm very good at building the network. I can walk in the womb. I can just walk in the womb. And I leave the womb with a lot of, you know, people that I met. And never even follow up and build that network. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. even if the, the everybody, I mean, this is something I always say humbly. I don't think that right now, if the opportunity is there and if everything is put together mm-hmm. and somebody come to me to meet somebody <clears throat> in this world, when I mean in this world, I don't think that it's something that I can't do. Because I'm sure that I know somebody somewhere or to somebody yeah. that will lead that way. I mean, I did so many things that you can imagine, which yeah. I won't drop name. I had people end up at a G20 to me mm-hmm. and just staying over here in Houston, yeah. going to the phone call. So it's something that uh, with the time, it's became it's one of my strength. Yeah. And then as people are doing you master, that. You mastered it. Exactly. So I'm very good at negotiation. Facilitating partnership and you know, and today I think I slowly, slowly become one and you know out there, one one step at a time. And what's the like? What's the day to day? Well, maybe not day to day because I'm thinking in terms of a nine to five office, but not it's not that's not your. I, I'm assuming that's not your life as a lobbyist. As a lobbyist, like what is it like? You get a phone call, you have to get on a plane. Like like what is it like? You're on the road. You get ready to go. Uh, anytime that you got a phone call or anything, you know, I get a phone call probably. I mean, like I always tell people, some of my trip I never planning. I woke up in the morning and 5 p.m. I say your flight PM was ready. I think I remember it was New York. Yeah. Uh, when I was going to also to Qatar, something that happened that quick, you know, so it, it's... Let me see the phone. It just depends. Okay. Yeah, it just depends on, you know, the opportunity and whoever gave me the call. Okay. So pretty much your life is on the go. You know, you're just getting, you're just getting ready to do whatever you got to do. Pretty much. Yeah, as a businessman, you have to be ready to go, and you have to sacrifice time with your loved one to make it. So I mean, I, even now, so right now, if I get a phone call now, say, hey, we we gotta do, can you do it? And then they do everything. If I gotta leave in five minutes, the only thing I can do is leave. Yeah. You know. That's so, crazy. <laughs> And what are, what are like what are the pros and the cons of being a lobbyist? Like, what is something that you love about the the field or the position? And what is something that you well, not even something, anything it could be a bunch of things that you don't like. So it it, it depends because sometimes people might approach you to go meet somebody that they want probably want to meet somebody that you probably don't necessarily agree with the policy. You know what I'm saying? But you have to facilitate yeah, that. Yeah, but you uh, have to facilitate because that's your job. You have to do what you got to do yeah. business-wise. So, But I think, honestly, it's, it's first, it's a passion, it's, it's a talent, it's something that I love to do. So it's really good thing about it and bad thing for me so far. And my goal is, 
you know, one day to be a uh, one of the biggest lobby in the world mm-hmm. because uh, there's somebody that I know, which his name is Richard Tias, that you guys should look it up. I very admire him. Uh, my goal is to be like him one day, probably even more than he's, him. He's also a lobbyist. Well, I'm gonna look it up. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. Interesting. And I, I wonder, like, in in in, do you worry about your security or your safety? Like, is it is it that kind of thing or no? Uh, so it's very much when you hang around politician and yeah. business, you got you got to move like like a yeah, yeah, you got to move some type of way. Yeah, you got exactly. You got to move some type of way. You got to act some type of way. You, yeah, you got to think some type of way. Yeah, you know, yeah, you got to be sharp. Yeah, because at the end of the day, nobody's not with you. Even though the fact that you they know that you associate, you know this person. Mm-hmm. You know, you might end up caught up in beauty by association, you know. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, and I mean, even a politician, do you control what you say? You control your mouth? You control the way you move? I mean, me personally, it's kind of easy for me because I was already military. So, it's a thing that I move is high, you know, security. Even when I fly, I don't tell people when I fly late. I mean, even my parents. My parents always surprised because... (laughs) When I lay in the camera, I don't turn. I'm just calling and say, yo, I'm here. I remember last time. <laughs> I went, I went. Yeah. I, I, I remember like I went last. The strong move quite. Yeah. Strong move quite. I remember. I, I don't, I don't, I, I let people know when I'm already there. Mm-hmm. Then I'm already here. Right? Mm-hmm. And then I won't tell you that. I won't, excuse me. I won't tell you why I'm there until probably I post a picture of that. Yeah, it's already happened because mm-hmm. something you don't want is you don't want to tell people what it is when it's already cooked. Mm-hmm. Because when you tell somebody that you're about to cook, yeah, it's still it. it's still a way to yeah. actually break you or yeah. not make it happen. So yeah. I mean, I remember last time last summer when I I went to Cameroon and I landed in the country and I think I was talking to my dad two days before, mm-hmm. and he was telling me about how you see coming uh, this summer like you said. I said, yeah, I'm coming this summer, you know. He said, oh, when you coming? I said, I'm coming. Just, I'll let you know. Mm-hmm. And then I just stayed in the country. I remember it was like 10 a.m. I called him. I said, yo, Pops, I'm in the country. He started laughing. He said, yo, I was just talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> you. You didn't even tell me. And I think, yeah, he sent me a message. I was in Kenya because I left here. Before I got to Kenya, it was like four, four days <laughs> that I had different stuff. I went here, went to Qatar for... Two days, I had a meeting there, and then went to Kenya. And I think when I was in Kenya, we, we text. But I still didn't tell him I was coming. Yeah. So, uh, and then I show up uh, at the crib. I think my dad was on travel. So I show up uh, at the crib, and then, you know, press the wing, you know, this. and my mom was like, who is this? And I was like, it's me. She said, huh? She recognized it. Yeah, she, you, who, you, who, you. And I said again, it's me. So now she recognized the voice like, whoa, I said, it's me. She said, wow, I said, yes. <laughs> she couldn't believe it. I was like, all right. And so that, that's how I move. And then that's the way that you have to move when you do. I'm not a politician. I don't, I don't want to be a politician. I would never be a politician, mm-hmm. you know, but being, you know, being around and do all this. That's how you gotta move. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta move like people watching. Yeah, always. Yeah, exactly. All the time. I, mean, all I, th- time. I think like it's just like for everything you do, it's not even being about exactly. being a lobbyist or a politician. I think that's a strong advice we should give to our listener. You know, if you're trying to make it or anything in life, you know, move quiet. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. Keep your thought for yourself and be you on top of everything. Yeah, you that's why, because you never know. You know, I don't like to use the word hater and this, this but you never, you never know uh, what people planning and stuff like that. That's the best way people to plotting, life. Man. Yeah, people so, be plotting. So, never know. We live in a tough world, so. And, and, yeah, like, you have to be sharp, everything you do. And, like, what's, like, in that field, so what is the most interesting person you ever met? Mm, that's a tough question. Uh, yeah, he should be on this wall, right? Yeah, he met so many people. I see all these pictures, but I'm like, yeah, one person. Uh, should be on the one, wall. One person <laughs> that was like, you met him, was like, wow. I would say uh, Barack. Her. I would say Barack. Barack? Yeah, that thing at the White House, which was actually my first one. Wow. 
I mean, I was like, I was dreaming. It was like, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't even imagine. Actually, it's two people, right? Yeah. So, I remember when we got to the White House, and it was the state dinner was in the night, and then in the morning was the official uh, ceremony for the president of France, François Hollande. Mm-hmm. So, so we stay in there, and then they have all this nice thing, military, and then they start. Please welcome the president of the United States, Barack. And then the door open, the White House door open, and then you see him come in, and 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 his wife Michelle. So I'm just I'm just looking, I'm looking myself like, hey. damn. I just I just hustled so, so hard, hard to get here. I just got out of me. I hustled so hard to get here, yeah. man. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> and then crazy. So he he walk around then and he shake people's hand and then and then. So I put a hand over that, he shake. I was like, damn, man, this is unbelievable. He just shook Barack's yeah. and Barack's. So, and then the, the yeah. yeah, at the gate. Just coming, you know, just coming off the military, and, man. Yeah, and then I turn the one. I mean, like I said, I turn the one. I see, oh, John Kerry, Susan Weiss, and I mean, I see, like, Susan Weiss is my political crush. Like, <laughs> I'm just looking like, damn. <laughs> What happened to her? She, she's like, she's, she's, I think she's she, uh, lay, she lay, lay, lay yeah, back, she doing something low. because yeah, she got a, the administration, Obama administration, so they're done. Yes. She yes. do all this stuff, and then uh, the other thing when I met uh, uh Sasungo Isu, yeah, because for me I was like, wow, because you know I grew up going to school, hearing talking about Sasungo Isu because he was right. president when I was already young, yeah. right? It's been. <laughs> yeah, it's been president when it's I was like, already it's like young. 26 years in, I think. How long? Yeah. 25 years in? Yeah, something like that. So I got there when I got, I got, it was a, the, 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 the breakfast. The breakfast, Econ organized a breakfast, Econ mm-hmm. and Chun. So they invited me, and I met over there. It was Sasun Gersu in the womb, yeah. Afa Konde, the president of Guinea. It was like 20 of us, right? Yeah. So I went over there, and I was like, yo, that's Sasun Gersu. Yeah. So I came over here. I see that, and that's about the picture over there. So he's sitting over there at the table. Yeah. Afa Konde is saying that the president of Guinea, Sasunga, is there. Mm-hmm. So I go over there, and I, I was like, oh, Mr. President, nice to see you. Da, da. We talk, shake hands, and I'm trying to tell him, I said, oh, yo, you're the best president in the world, man. He's like, he looked at me like, are you serious? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like yeah, yeah. He said, so Obama's not the best president? I was like, nah, man, you're the best. <laughs> trying to do like, what we call it for? Atalakule, atalakule. Yeah, trying to make it, you know? <laughs> so yeah, that yeah, was a... Guy. That was that was actually the one that I, you know when I met I said wow and then the other one that actually when it was in Africa because to go in the one and actually get there when I met uh, Ali Bongo in Gabon mm-hmm. so those one of the you know I would say one of my best there okay yeah and probably probably the day I met Steph Curry too for real yeah what about him what, what what was different about him. False. Uh, <laughs> False. <laughs> you know. You know, because the way the, the, the way big he is and the way, you know, he blew up at one point and was become. You yeah, know he's still saying? humble though. Yeah, they humble talking and you know, it, it was those nice friends. Okay. And so what is the like the okay, you you move around a lot. So what is the one country that you've been to that was uh, pleasantly surprising? That was what pleasantly surprising. Like you were pleasantly surprised to be to 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 to, to go there to, to 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 see everything there, how people live in, maybe the food, the language, the people, whatever. Qatar, Qatar. Yeah, Qatar, Qatar is Qatar is in uh, the the hello. So Qatar, right? Because Qatar Qatar is in the Middle East. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you know, and uh, it was like a three days. It's a, it was a week trip and three day country. I went to Qatar. After Qatar, I went to Dubai. Dubai, I went to uh, Abu Dhabi. Yeah. So the reason Qatar, why? Because so even back then when I was camo and I heard about Qatar with the Aspire Academy, right? Mm-hmm. And I met the consul of Qatar in Houston, which is a you know the good friend of my, a good friend of mine. Yeah. And I told him that yo, I want to go to Qatar because this is what I'm working on. For the agriculture farm that I, you know, I started doing back home with the mm-hmm. agriculture, because I started doing agriculture farm back home. Mm-hmm. And uh, I told him, I said, yeah, this is what I'm trying to do. I want to have all this. And I think Qatar is a, is a good place mm-hmm. because I want them to have Aspire. And he set up all the meetings for me. So I landed in Qatar. And, man, it, it was crazy. You can't imagine the country, the construction, 
the people, even as a woman, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> even as a woman, but you, but you can't even talk to no woman over there because the the, the culture. Yeah, I mean that that would not the U.S. You can't that just would chop your head off. <laughs> you can't just walk up with a girl, nah. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> so I got there. I may had all the meetings, and then in the afternoon, the the chairman of the the, the vice chairman of the of Qatar Chamber of Commerce, which is somebody from the royal family, and he asked me. He said, "Hey." I was I had like four people with me that I took on the trip, like it was like a trade mission. He said, Hey, what you guys have doing tonight? You got something planned? I was like, nah, I ain't have nothing planned. And then when I got here for them, I was the first Camonian mm-hmm. that they ever met. Oh wow. You know, even though I was, you know, going there, I ain't tried to with the US passport and all that, but you know, because even in the picture, I they put the Camonian flag. So yeah. I was the first Camonian they ever host. Over there, mm-hmm. I, when I was, I'm not even an official Camonian official, right? Yes. So I was the first one, <clears throat> and then he told he told me say, uh, he called one of his secretaries say, "Yo, give them the address," and so they come to the house mm-hmm. the, the, the the evening. So I went there. Uh, we got there. The culture, first of all, man, they had this big house, and I had a guy. I had a guy from uh, Egypt. He was working there that I hired as a photographer, and he was driving us as well. Mm-hmm. So he was actually surprised. He was actually happy because, you know, he told me that the people that you're talking about is this, this. And he was actually happy because, you know, I was there. I was taken to the house. We went there. Uh, they had this, man, they had this big house. That's a house they call the house just for dinner. Are you serious? Yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah, house just for dinner. <laughs> uh, it was a crazy house. That's flossing. And there's no woman. So we sit down. They bring coffee. You drink all kind of coffee. We talk and this, this. And then we go to the other room for, for the food. They put this huge, big, like, it's like a big, man, it's crazy. I don't even know how they call that, but it's, they put something, they put food on the, on the table, right? Mm-hmm. They put, like, in a big pot. Everybody eats from Everybody, yeah. And That's then what you, they do in a lot of, like, yeah. Muslim, Muslim countries, I think. Exactly. You know? So yeah. I, I don't eat with my hand. Yeah. Nothing because my dad, my dad was a doctor, and my dad never ate with his hand because some other hospital. And then we all of us grew up like yeah. that with him, just yeah. you no know, eating with the hand. And I take it first, say, "Hey man, you you can't come over here and eat with your hand like, with the fork and stuff like that." Yeah. And I was oh, really? wise, yeah, I and I was wise and yeah. mean and all this. So I left there, and then we start eating with the hand. The food was good. It was it was very a nice, nice experience. That's that's a country that I've been to. I'd be like, wow. You know, it's, the uh, hospitality. Yeah, it was hospitality. I mean, that 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 was hers. Me and the guy that I was we at the uh, the, the chamber, dinner. like yeah. we were official. Yeah. But I, I was just like, it just it just me, you know. What yeah. I'm so you know, like, that was that. that was they, they took care of you guys. Yeah, it was great. It was we spent over there for a week. We spent five days there, and then after that we flew because Dubai is right there. It's forty five minute plane. Went to Dubai and then from Dubai to Abu Dhabi is like an hour drive. Oh, okay. That's yeah, so we, so we went there. I made that when I went. Yeah, yeah I, I haven't been. Anytime, Dubai. I actually, I was yet. just there recently too. Uh, this summer, I spent the night over there last summer. It's a great country, yeah. and I'm trying to get in uh, uh 2022, Qatar okay. 2022 yeah. for the World nice. Cup. I'm walking, trying to get in. Nice, nice, nice. So, I need a little way out there. I haven't been there. It's a great place. You you mentioned you mentioned Stephen Curry so um, you also manager for uh, for Luke right yeah like can you talk about like your involvement in in in, in that field in sports and uh, your beginnings in the NBA you know like and even you know how did you start with that because that's another hat that you wear yeah so I'm not I'm not I mean I never been a basketball fan first of all I <laughs> never watched basketball. So when Luke signed his contract uh, coming to Houston, we had mutual friend mm-hmm. that followed me and his girl as well. And then the person was like, okay, yo, there's a guy in Houston that you definitely need to meet and you definitely need to work with, mm-hmm. right? So He's plugged. Yeah, so I, I mm-hmm. guess that's what it was. And then uh, he came to Houston. Uh, we talked. I think he landed. He was coming from... Bahama, something like that. We land. We met the first day. We had dinner. We talk, and he told me, he said, "Yeah, man, you know, I heard this. Let's let's work it out. Let's figure it out." And then uh, he told me, like, he kind of put like a, a map 
for this year for me, you son and mm. see how I go. I was like, okay. So I put the plan and we met again. He called me, I sent it to him by email, and then as soon as he called me, he's like, yo, are you available to meet today? I was like, ah, you know, I, I got, you know, I, I remember that time I had to be with my daughter. I was like, I got to be with my daughter this afternoon. Mm-hmm. He said, okay, let's meet now if you're ready. I was like, okay. He said, yo, I'm at Adidas store at the mall. Meet me over there. So I met him. We went over there to eat. We pretty much mopped everything. And, you know, we started working. I started putting stuff together. So now when I got it and then, you know, that's when I got, you know, representing him and being his spokesman, his manager and all that. That's why you now every night be at a game, I was... I was meeting all this play. I mean, I met all of them. That you can name it, coming to the game and stuff like that. Uh, I know Neil had been there before because I, <laughs> <laughs> I bought it time. <laughs> so yeah, so you know, make that happen. And slowly from there now, I'm you know I'm working on actually some other projects to actually be fully in the NBA. No, more with uh, uh, my company. As binding stuff and and looking at pretty much. Okay, so you're pretty much trying to work your. I mean, work. You pretty much work in a way to introduce your company into the NBA business. Yeah, because the the, the reason because when I got in, so the profile that I had, I noticed that all those players needed it. Okay. You know, okay, most, all of saying. them was partially me because of that. Yeah. Because they need somebody. With the other side, the business side, I'm the political side. I'm assuming most of them probably put their, their homeboys on, their cousins. Exactly. Like, you know, they yeah. may not necessarily be connected. Exactly. In the city where they play. Exactly. And, you know, and then when I'm, at that time when I met Lou, Lou needed somebody. He was working with his cousin or whoever it was, but he needed somebody. So mm-hmm. that's how. And then him and I, I mean, we him and I have been doing a lot of stuff. Uh, he got, yeah, improving his profile. And I say we're actually becoming, as of right now, a business partner. And then he has a project that he's, he's going to release pretty soon uh, that I would be the spoken man of the brand. Okay. To move on. So Cool, cool. That's what's up. And you mentioned your company, Raked International. Yeah. So can you talk about that a little bit? Can you explain what, what made you start a company and what is your, what are you, it is that you guys do? What is the, the, the mission, the company's mission? So... What we do is, as I mentioned, what we do is more, uh, we focus on international trade, okay. uh, international business. We facilitate partnership between government, businesses, city, peoples, mm-hmm. uh, management. We organize conference and, uh, uh, conference, conference and, you know, lunch, lunch, you know, yeah. for, for people, for company, organization. Uh, we also do a political campaign. Okay. And we extend it more in with the experience that I got dealing with Luke in, in the branding spot. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we started there uh, in 2014, which is, you know, brand new company. Uh, you know, but it's beginnings are up and down. You have to start and change this and change that. Uh, we have done a lot of things. We facilitated a partnership uh, between the city of Yaoundé and the city of Houston, the part of Gabon and the part of Houston, the part of Gabon and the part of LA. Uh, we organized trade mission from the US to Cameroon, trade mission from the US to Gabon. We organized trade mission from Cameroon to Houston, from Gabon to Houston, from Niger, with the mayor of Niger to Houston. Uh, we, in partnership with SOA, we organized a conference in Montreal in 2016, we organized uh, another one. We we we've been we just doing we just doing stuff. We we going pretty mm-hmm. much. So that's pretty much what we focus on as of right now. That's good. That's good. That's amazing. So, and it's I mean it's business. It's it's up and down. Uh, someday you make it. Someday you don't make it. You do the plan, you think that you got it, and then you change. You probably course. didn't get it. You know, you have yes. to modify, you have to adjust, you have to turn around, and it, it's up and down, especially for a brand new company. Yeah. And for, you know, brand new. But, but, but so far, I think I'm very proud of what has been done for, you know, it, it's been actually four years they actually fully have been doing what I do. And I would say in four years, you know, have done a lot. Yeah. 
Yeah, I won't say satisfied because you never satisfied. I mean, still, still, still trying to grow. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm happy with what I've done, accomplished in four years. Even though we the, I mean, there's a lot of people that I say that I met just from head of state and that I that I had breakfast mm-hmm. and dinner with that I can pick up the phone today and call, and the answer knowing it's me. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is, I never imagined that I could be a you know. That level. I love it. So it's, 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 it's very good. So it's all about, you know, the hard work, dedication. Yeah, hard work. And actually, and actually we just do to a, a fundraising reception with African community for the mayor of Houston. Mm-hmm. I think I saw that on your Instagram. Yeah. So actually, I invite him, but he yeah, didn't really show Man, you never invited me, man. We were not able to make it. Actually, you were invited. We were just not yeah. able to make it because I forgot. But if, like uh, the time, it would be like 6 p.m. Like, one time we went to the, the um, I think it was, uh, you had an event. Ola. What? Yeah, there was the Angola, yeah, 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 the Angola Embassy. Okay. Yeah, which is there with the council. So, yeah, good to network. But we, we do, we just been a while. Yeah, to so, what about, I mean, how do you think the... Yeah, I see he's running. On the team. I I, I think it's going to be a tough election. Most likely it's going to go to the runoff in okay. December. The election is November the 5th. Yeah. But honestly, I think it's going to be to the runoff. As all of us expected on December, sometime in December. Yeah. Uh, Mayor Turner will win at, uh, in the runoff. Yeah, definitely. And I, he deserves it. No, I see. I see that he like he seems to be this construction in Houston. Like he's he's really working. I mean, the city, the city of Houston is booming. Yeah, he's booming. He's doing a Listen, lot of work. Man. He's he's, constru- he's doing a lot of construction. So for us living in the Midtown area, it's it's, it's crazy right now. And he's doing a good job. Yeah. That is bringing back. Where's, where are they going to put it? Do you know? The actual, uh, the, the park? Actual I don't know. Road? I don't work for the city. No, no, no. No, 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 no. You go ask people from the city. I don't work for the city. No, it's just a, it's just a, I guess a random question. But not the, oh my God. <laughs> no, no, it was just a question to just to, you know, in case you heard something on the radio or to a newspaper. I'm just curious. It'd probably be like humble over there because there's a lot of space. I mean, if you look at it, since there is no zoning, zoning in the city of oh, yeah, Houston, and too. you look at the way, uh, or like the stadiums, the Houston State, the Rocket Stadium being downtown, the Astros, the Eugene Stadium being yeah. downtown, mm-hmm. the stadium from the Texans being in the Midtown area, I won't be it's surprised. Oh, so yeah, you're right. That's, those are good points. Like, they would look look at the Midtown area. There is a lot of space over there. Yeah. They'd be able to fit it somewhere. I hope they bring it back, man. I love, I love Houston, man. I, I, I think... I may be here for a while. This city, this city, you you think you're gonna be here for a while? You you settling down in Houston? Oh, for sure. I'm not going nowhere. The only time I will move out, the only time I'm gonna move out to Houston is when I go back to Camel. Yeah, that's it. But I hear that. I mean, I've been in the capital of the south. Exactly. The weather is nice. The life is, I mean, affordable. Space, space. You know. You know, Houston's gonna be home, and, and I have my daughter in Houston, so mm-hmm. I'm not going nowhere. I mean, I'm just like I said, when I leave Houston, is to go to Camel. Yeah. That's that's what's yeah. gonna happen. Straight like that. So for sure. So at the end of at the end of the the, the, the podcast, I like to um, talk about ask about the book that you're reading, or that you are thinking about reading, or, or thinking about picking up or buying, whatever, right? Yeah. And so for me personally, right now, I'm. Uh, I picked up this book uh, from uh, from home, and it's about it's called the the reason for God. So it's pretty much a book that um, I guess will have the answers for a Christian or believer that has questions about religion or or God. I think the book will have answers. You know what I mean? So I picked the book up and I'm I'm, I'm reading it. I'm, I'm gonna start reading it, and that's what I'm doing. What about you? What the the other? So the funny thing is, I don't read book anymore. Well, what happened? Why? What's the? What do you mean? I decision? mean, um, I used to read book back then mm-hmm. before I went to Iraq. Yeah. Uh, and I think being there for some time, I kind of I stopped reading the book. I stopped reading books. Mm-hmm. You know, for the time that I spent yeah. over there, and when I came back, I you just lost the habit. Yeah, I just lost the habit, and then. Now even I take a book to read, I don't think that I'm probably gonna be into it. I'm more now, kind of more like reading article, 
Okay. You know, what is your, I guess, your article of choice or your, your journal of choice? You have somewhere you go every morning, maybe, to get some information? It, it, it depends. For the, you know, what info, like, for... When I want to get an info from the U.S., yeah. most likely I wait from CNN, right? Okay. So that's why I get a lot of more article. And uh, uh, for the Europe, for Europe, France 24. Yeah. And from Cameroon, Cameroon and 4. Yeah. And then I would article more in my film. Yeah. Like to World Economy, mm -hmm. you know, even though, you know, when I want to go to the country, I, I wait more about the economy, the trade. Uh, what's the opportunity in the country and this kind mm -hmm. of thing? And usually it's, it's Google. I Google. Okay. Yeah, everything's whatever online. article you pop up. I read yeah. it and stuff, you know. So I'm not too much a book reader anymore. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Okay, what about you? I mean, for me, it seems to be doing two episodes in the, in one weekend. Yeah. Same book again. Grinding. The will to change. The will to change. It's a book about uh, the interaction of men in society. You know, particularly the interaction of men with women. You know, if you look at how the Me Too movement has been affecting a lot of people around the world, I mean, a lot of men around the world right now. So it's a really, really good book that I believe a lot of men, or most men, should read. It will have them rethink their interaction with women around the world. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's true. You know, it's something I, I, I would like to add is. Um, Sometimes people, sometimes people, people always look at the result, yeah. But they're forgetting to walk behind the door, right? And uh, something I did, and something I learned, and something I'm still doing it. You have to sacrifice certain things to be great. When I mean sacrifice, because I don't want people to say, "Oh, he said you gotta sacrifice." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you gotta get somebody out of here. No, not, not like that. Not like yeah, that. Not you like, mean that. like maybe yeah. you may not yeah. see your family all the time. Exactly. Because you're on a, on the road. Yeah, because you're on the road. I mean, when when I start all doing this, my daughter was just born, mm -hmm. and I mean, I spent time that I was just coming in town to leave my daughter for a week for a weekend and leave. I spent time there. I mean, still even now, you know, mm -hmm. I try to be there for her, but. Sometimes, you, you know, I sacrifice that time because mm -hmm. I got to be away because I have to provide for her, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? If that's what it's going to cost me to sacrifice five years of my life or ten years to of my life. To have a set up. To have a set up and for me to live the rest of my life is good. And for her to be actually live her entire life good, mm -hmm. that's what I have to do. Yeah. Sure. Same way that I'm sacrificing, you know, I don't wear no fancy... Mm -hmm. I don't wear no Gucci. I don't have no Gucci. Mm -hmm. I don't have no Louis Vuitton. I don't mm -hmm. have I don't have none like that, right? Mm -hmm. And something I learned, this man told me one day, this uh a friend of mine, I told him we were talking and this, this, this. I told him, I said, look, the suit that I buy, mm -hmm. those who don't cost more than 150, mm -hmm. to be honest. All my suit, it don't cost more than 150. Mm -hmm. And he told me, he said, look, the suit that you buy for 150. You go over there, you meet the president. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's that's kind of sacrifice there. And I would never also forget this is another advice that uh, a billionaire gave me. He mm -hmm. told me we were just sitting, uh we were sitting uh, at the dinner. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of them had money pretty mm -hmm. much. I didn't have no idea. All of them was millionaire, billionaire. And he told me, he said, he said, he said, yo, man, I'm, I'm going to give you an advice. Actually, he gave me two advice that day. He said, I'm going to give you two advice. The first advice I'm going to give you to you is the bigger business you want to do, the bigger politician you need to deal with, which is true. Because depending on the level of business you want to do, mm -hmm. depending on the politician. Because the politician, they have power. Yeah. You, can move you might have money, they have power. They're the one sign you the ticket. They're the one give you this. They have they're the one making the law. Mm -hmm. But you don't have that. Mm -hmm. And they can break you with mm -hmm. all of that. Yeah. And he always told me, he said, whoever in the office at 10 a.m. once uh, 10 a.m. 00, zero second, deal with that person. The next one that will come at 10 a.m. one second, yeah. deal with that person. No hard feeling, because that's you know, it's this. And the other advisor, he told me, he said, look, sit down and put all your friends in three categories. Your friend, your family, everybody in three categories. And I will point one category at the end. If you don't have that category, it's time for you to work on. He said, the three categories. You have people that 
family, friend, and whatever you do, they clap hand. They they all they, they cheer for you. Yeah. Always, mm-hmm. They just they cheer for you and this this like that to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Family, friend, that's one category. You have the other category, family and friend. Mm-hmm. That you can actually work together as partner mm-hmm. to make something happen. You know, that means you guys do the joint like, venture yeah. or you guys exchange idea and then Make stuff to try to move forward. Mm-hmm. That's one category. Mm-hmm. And then you have the last category. They say, if you don't have it, that part, mm-hmm. it's time for you to start working on. And he said, back, go back home and take time to work about all these three categories. He said, there's the one category is if you don't have a friend that you can wake up in the morning at 1 a.m. in the morning and say, look, I need $5,000 right now. Mm-hmm. And so that friend is able to give it to you. Mm-hmm. First, because he trusts you, mm-hmm. because he's with you, mm-hmm. and second, because he has it. Mm-hmm. That's deep. They say, if you don't have that one, start working on it. It's time for you to work on that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and I think, I think he had the point. And, I, you know, after that, he told me, I told, he told me that, and I even told a, another friend of mine, you know, I did business with him, now he's a friend of mine. And he came back to me and said, yo, I went back, I called my wife. <laughs> I went what? He said, I went back home. He was in Houston. He was yeah. at my place in Houston, right? He lived in Camelot. Yeah. He goes to my place in Houston. He's actually the one that, he do a lot of business with Camelot. He got money. So he said, I went back and I called my wife. He said, baby, let's see now. Take a paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, 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 no, all our friends. <laughs> let's, let's go to all our friends and look at it and then and see, uh, and see if we have that. Yeah. He said, yo, and I actually found out a lot of things. I found out that I really don't have that part. <laughs> oh, <laughs> when I'm, I'm thinking on the, on the spot, I probably have bunch like people, one or two. <laughs> bunch of people don't have it. Bunch of yeah. people don't have it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah hey, I thought of it. Yeah. That means that means that's me. That means you're on your own, pretty much. Out here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you are, exactly. I mean, even me too. So I remember back then he told me that it was three years ago. I remember back then when he told me that. I tell him I said, "Damn, man, he white. This old man is white." I don't have this. Nobody there, you know. <laughs> One you know. of yeah, send that wire through. Yeah, yeah and then, <laughs> so then I can pull up to help me like that, you know. And then, and with the time, uh, you know, I I kind of trying to walk on it, and you know. But I mean, I think my my his point overall is to know who you who you keep around, right? Mm-hmm. So because at the end of the day, it's good to be friends. But it's good to be friend with a purpose. Yeah. Because yeah. no matter what anybody say, friendship is always about something. Yeah. If you know that you can benefit from somebody, when I mean benefit, it's not necessarily financially or materialistic, right? Yeah. Or the material. It's anything. It's, it's anything. If you know that that person is not bringing you anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but that's the issue. Because like when people hear that friend from group, they only think about money. Yeah, yeah, it's not money. It's 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 not. You mm-hmm. might have friend that all you do is party and drink. Yeah, you like it. They're your friend. <laughs> yeah, but at at the end of the day, is that all you're gonna have to do? Exactly. You know what I'm saying so. It, it's, I have a friend you play sports with. You go to the gym with. That's all you do friend. is go to the gym with them. Yeah, exactly. So you put every friend in every category. You know that. You know. I, I mean, I, I mean, I have friend that I, I know that I already know that I put in category that. Their business, they're actually businessmen, actually very established businessmen. Yeah. But, excuse me, I try to do business, excuse me, or reaching out to them for certain things didn't work, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I realized that the only way is whenever we meet, we party. And I mean, I got the, they come over here in Houston all the time and they go to Camel, they live in Camel, they come over here in Houston, yeah. they stay at my place and all this. So I put in my thing, okay, now when I go to Camel, the only thing I make a phone call. And make it happen. And they make it happen with power. And then when I leave, it's that because I already know the business why we can't do mm-hmm. anything, right? And and even with that, besides that, my time actually my time also in Iraq, dealing with you know the bomb and all this kind of thing, mm-hmm. people dying from here and there. You know, you you take time to reflect a lot of things and see how 
bless you all. Yeah. You know, you see people, and which is the same way where we go home. Even when you go home where we're from, you're going to see some people struggling that will make you forget mm-hmm. what you're complaining about. Yeah. I mean, we spend the time in the work where you're eating right now with somebody, and two minutes later, you hear that he's dead. Mm-hmm. And his body is all messed up. Yeah. Just lay right there on the ground. And make you think that, like, damn, you know, life is, you know, life is, life is nothing. It make it make you kind of think, reflect, and see that, you know, you bless, mm-hmm. and you can't just look at what you don't have or what somebody else have. Mm-hmm. Look at what you have right now and how you can improve your life. And whatever situation you're in, yeah, you gonna make it up. I never forgot this quote from Tu Chen. Uh, he said uh, in an interview. Because he took him, I think, like 10 years to blow off. Mm-hmm. He said, if you pray and keep walking, your day going to come. Mm-hmm. And which I strongly believe. Because like I said, I've been, I always tell people, even with all these presents the people that I met, man, I can't tell you how that happened. Because I've been end up in places that I don't know how that happened. Mm-hmm. Or I, I, I had a situation that I didn't even know that I could get out of it. Mm-hmm. You get what you got out of it. Yeah. So, so my point is, whatever you do, just keep walking, pushing, keep your heads up. It's gonna be down moment. It's gonna be that. It's just how, how, how hard you can stay in and fight for it and fight for it, and then keep doing what you do. I'm sure that one day it will pay up as long as you stay in the game. Okay. You know, shooting. Well, thank you so much for your time. You know, you're a busy guy to you know sit down with us and. Tell us a little bit about your your life, your background, what makes you get out of bed and things of that nature. You know? Yeah. You, have any, you, have any, you have any other questions, Neil? Nah, not for today. We can do a part two next time. Yeah, yeah. So this concludes Wine Tasting Sundays, episode six. It was fun, a lot of fun. And uh, we out of here. <laughs>